Thanks for joining us today at Springwell Church, where we want to draw spiritually thirsty people to Jesus by loving God, loving each other, and loving the world. We hope that today's message builds you up, gives you a little insight, and helps you find a brand new perspective. You can find us in Taylor, South Carolina, and online at springwell.org. That's springwell.org. Now let's jump into the message. Good morning. Hey, y'all. Y'all in for a great day? Hadn't it already been good so far? It's been awesome. It's just going to get better. We're just going to continue. It's kind of like that snowball going downhill. It's going to get bigger and better, and it's just going to explode at any moment. You don't even know how to take that exactly. You explode? Yeah. So today we're going to talk about baptism. And the reason we're going to be talking about baptism is because in a few minutes we're going to be actually baptizing. And I just think that we should be really clear, right? We should be really clear about it so that you'll know how to fully appreciate it. Even if, like, you've never been to church before. If this is your first time. Or maybe, maybe, here's the thing, maybe you've been in church your whole life. But when it comes down to it, you still don't understand baptism. Maybe it's just never really been taught. If you're new to church, you might be wondering right out of the gate, so like, why exactly do you baptize people? I mean, I've heard some weird things about Springwell. I heard you guys are kind of weird, you know. So it's just just one of the weird things that Springwell does. So let me answer that question. Yes, we're a little weird. But no, we're not the only, only church that does it. Um, all Christian churches baptize. And the reason that we do it is really super important. Why do we baptize? It's because of what Jesus said in Matthew 28. Here's what he said. These are the words of Jesus. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. And then there's that word, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So that was easy. Right? So now you understand baptism. It's crystal clear. We do it because that's what Jesus said to do. But things can get a little complicated, can't they, when it comes to baptism? Because while all Christian churches do it, we don't all do it the same way. In fact, we have different beliefs about baptism. Believe it or not, there are some people, some people that believe that baptism is essential to salvation. We're not one of those churches. And there's some churches that, you know, some churches sprinkle. And I had a buddy of mine one time, you know, and I was young in the ministry. And you have to understand, like, I missed a chunk of church, you know, from the time I was, you know, 12, you know, 13, 14 years old. I was like 19 years old. I kind of missed a chunk of church. And so there's a lot about stuff I didn't, I didn't understand anyway. And so I had a buddy of mine. He was Methodist. I said, well, y'all sprinkle, man. Why do y'all sprinkle? He said, it's cheaper than having a baptistry. <laughs> I just thought that was awesome, you know. And so there, there are some churches that sprinkle, some churches that dunk. And there are some churches that baptize infants. We're not one of those churches that baptizes infants. And so really when it comes to baptism, you can be all over the place with different churches. So I just think we probably need to spend a few minutes not putting anybody else down, but really just trying to be clear on what baptism is. So to, be, to begin our discussion this morning, let's talk a little Greek. I can tell you're so excited. So Koine Greek, common Greek, is the, it's the language of the New Testament. It's different than classical Greek. And uh, you're, you're going to love this because, like, you're our most sophisticated crowd. You should have saw that 9 o'clock crowd. <laughs> they were lame. I mean, you know what I mean? But, like, I told them. I said, the 11 o'clock crowd will be on top of this. 
I kind of said, okay, I didn't say that. But anyway, I know that like you're going to be our most sophisticated crowd, so you're going to love this. So the little Greek word in your English Bible that's translated baptism or baptize is the Greek word baptizo. You want to write that down? Probably not. Just hang on. And in English, it's really become a very religious word, hasn't it? Now, we use it for other things, but it's rare. But occasionally, I know a song or two over the years, I've heard that word used, and I've thought, whoa, they're, they're using like a Jesus word. You can't do that. And so, you know, because we've made it a religious word. We've made this word something that really, it wasn't in the first century. In the first century, it wasn't a religious word. It was a very common word, a very common word. And here's what the word meant. In the first century, this word baptizo meant to plunge, to plunge, to, to soak, to fully dip, to fully immerse. Or it actually meant, get this, to wash. There you go. And throughout Greek literature, you'll find this word describing people that were drowned. And so this morning, uh, they won't make it to the end. Uh, but you'll say, wow, they believe in Jesus. I'm just kidding. Several are probably thinking, I'm getting out of here while I can. But it, that's, that's what the word really it was used for. And, and it also was used that when ships, ships went down. So when a ship went down, it was fully immersed, right? And so it was a common word that was used to describe those kinds of things. And a lot of times, a lot of times in the Bible, it was really used to describe a washing process. Now, some of you, like if you were raised in a church, I, my guess is right now you want to say, ah, this ain't right. I something I don't so show me big boy in the Bible where this is true I'm, I will for example one time Jesus was talking about some uh, religious leaders and he said this in Mark 7 he said when they come from the marketplace they do not eat until they wash yeah they don't need to so Karen and she prefers you know that you know, so sometimes there has been times literally when she's looked at me and we sat down for a meal. She said, honey, did you wash your hands? And I say, no. <laughs> hey, 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 don't judge me. I feel like today that I am the healthy person that I am is because when I was a kid, I ate mud pies. I'm, I made mud pies and I ate them and I don't wash my hands a lot. So I feel like that my body is just well equipped for like all of these diseases out there. Y'all aren't really buying it, are you? So, and then Jesus went on to say this. He said, and they observed many other traditions such as washing, the washing of cups and the washing of pitchers and kettles. And it comes from the same word, baptizo. And it just means to wash. It means to wash or to bathe. Just like you would wash or dip or soak or cleanse your hands. And we do that a lot nowadays, right? You do. I don't do it so much. But now you don't want to shake my hand after the service. You don't know where my hand's been, right? I didn't really sound too good. But anyway, so it means to fully dip, to fully immerse. It means to wash. So that leads to the question, and this is why I love what we do. Because reaching as many unchurched people as we do over the years, 
I hear these questions, and I think they're phenomenal questions. I think they're great questions. For example, at least in the question, why then, when the English translators got to this word that means to wash, why didn't they just say wash? Right? Are you wondering that? Because the unchurched people I talked to, they would love to, they would, that would be a question they would ask. So like, for example, a few minutes ago we read that passage out of, it's called the Great Commission, out of uh, Matthew 28. So why didn't, you know, when the translators didn't translate it, why didn't they say, go ye therefore into all the world and make, ba- make disciples washing them? In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why didn't they say that? Because it would have just been weird. Right? It would have been weird. And we wouldn't have, what? We wash them? What is, we don't know what that means. So what, what was he talking about? So let me explain how this very common word, it's a common word, that over the years, as the church, sometimes... We complicate things, don't we? We just do. And, and I don't know why we do. I mean, I've been you know, studying the Bible for years, and I read commentaries, and sometimes I read a commentator, and I scratch my head, and I go, why did, why did, you, why did it take you two paragraphs to just say like, that one sentence, and can't you just use like, Greer language? Why do you use a language we don't understand? So how did this word, this very common word, how did it begin to take on some religious meaning? Well, back in the Old Testament, back in the Old Testament, you've got to go all the way back to the Old Testament to understand this. Back in the Old Testament, there would be Gentiles, and these Gentiles would watch these Jewish people, and they would see the God that they served, and they would be blown away by that, and they would, th- they would say to themselves, you know what, listen, I think I want to serve the God that they serve. So they literally would go to these Jews, and they would say, you know what, How, is it possible, like, can I, can I become Jewish even though I wasn't born Jewish and so what they did these Jews they came up with this process of how these Gentiles could become Jewish long story short Jonathan were more that got it in the first service than the second service I'm tagging on to Jonathan's line last week now are y'all with me come on long story short you go oh that's awesome Man, I can't get anything out of y'all. Long story short, different literature had different lists over different periods of time. But when you take all those lists and you put them together and you compare them, there were about five things that were common to every list. Here's what they were. If you were a man, the first thing was circumcision, which is why the first century church was predominantly female. I'm just kidding. I made that up. I just made that up. I just made that up, but it, it would make sense, wouldn't it? Like, if you were a 30-year-old male, you'd say, oh, I think I'm out. Think about it. it. You'll process that. Number two, number two, second thing, common to all those lists, you would have a covenant meal that somehow reflected the essence of Passover or some type of, of covenant meal. And number three, you would make a sacrifice. And it's interesting because that sacrifice really varied from time period to time period of exactly what that sacrifice would, would be. And then fifth, here's the thing. Fifth, you would have to take part in a ceremonial washing. That was common to all those, those lists. A lot of different lists said a lot of different things, and there would be some that would be much longer, some that would be shorter, but these five things were common to every, every list. And so there would be this ceremonial washing. And if you want to know a Bible verse to hang your hat on, that would be Leviticus 15, 13. That would bear that out to be true. Just so you know, I'm not making this stuff up. 
Here's what's interesting. This particular ceremonial washing where a Gentile would say, I want to become Jewish. I know I wasn't born Jewish, but I want to serve the God of the Jews. <clears throat> this was something that you actually did alone. It wasn't a public thing. And here's what it represented. This is really important that you get this. It really, they were saying, I'm cleansing myself of my Gentileness. I think I don't think I just made that word up. Gentileness. I don't know that it's a word. Let's just go with it. How do y'all say? And they were also saying, they were saying, I'm identifying myself with Judaism. So in other words, they were saying, you know what? I've been like on this path, and I've been going down this path, but I've really been watching these Jews, and I've seen the, the God that they serve, and the God that they serve seems to be really, really awesome. And, and what I'm doing, the people that I'm serving, the God that I'm serving is not. And so I want to I serve their God. I want to connect myself. I want to wash away my Gentileness, and I want to accept the God. I want to be identified with Judaism. And in parts of the world where Jews predominantly were Greek-speaking, the term that they would associate with this ceremonial washing was baptizo. See, I knew you guys were really sharp. You're, that 9 o'clock crowd didn't get it. You are really on top of things. So the word baptizo was a simply, it was a secular word. Are y'all with me? It was a common word. It was just a common word that was used to describe this ceremonial washing, specifically as it related to becoming Jewish and leaving your Gentileness behind. Now, with all that as a backdrop, let's fast forward to about 30 A.D., when something really crazy happened. One day, this wild-eyed, crazy man who wore sandals, um, dressed in animal skins, smelled like he'd never taken a bath. I just think that's awesome. I don't know what that says about me. Anyway, he shows up at the Jordan River, and he started preaching this really, really super simple message. Anybody know what it was? Repent. First point, right out of the gate, he says, repent. Second point, you know what the second point was? Repent. You know what the third point was? Repent. Absolutely. He, he would say, repent. And, and so anybody know what this guy's name was? It was John, John the what? I told you, you guys are awesome. You like studied for the test, I can tell. You saw it and you knew it was coming. And we don't know exactly how he did it. We don't know exactly how he did it. But whatever he did, it looked like the same kind of ceremonial washing that they were used to. And this is what I love about God. God's so different than us. We as humans, we as religious people, we as churchy people, just try to complicate the most simple things. We take the most simple truth in the Bible, and when we're done with it, nobody can understand it. And so God says, look, I'm going to take a very simple word, and I'm going to use this word to communicate a truth to a group of people who already know what it means. They know that this is not symbolic of washing away dirt. They've seen this for hundreds and hundreds of years. They've seen the process. And I want to speak to them in a way that they'll get, and they'll understand. So they use the term, Baptizo. And he's somehow associating this washing with this message that these people are saying, you know what, I just want to go public with the fact that, that I believe that what John's saying is true. And, and I know I've been on this path, and I know I've been on this path, 
but I got to be honest, this path is just not working for me. I mean, it worked for a while. I thought it was working, but it's really not working. And so when I see these people, I'm telling you, what they're doing is different than what I'm doing on this path. And so, I, you know, I don't know that I understand everything that John's saying, but here's the thing. I want to be in. I want to identify myself as being a part of his message. So one day, John is baptizoing a bunch of people. So he's down in the river. I, I probably made that word up too. So he's down there uh, baptizoing a lot of people. And so he looks up, and on the bank, there stands Jesus. And so he says, Behold, the Lamb of God that has come to take away the sin of the world. I mean, like, this is the moment where John says, Everything that I've worked for, everything that I've been teaching you, everything that I've been telling you, I'm telling you, it's all wrapped up in that one guy. He is the Son of God. He is the Messiah. He's what we've been thinking about and praying about and begging God to send, and that's him. He's here. And then Jesus does this really strange thing. So Jesus walks down into the river with John, and he looks at John, and he says, okay, I want you to baptize me. I want you to wash me. And John, I don't know if he said, I don't know if he said this, but it would have been what I would have said. I said, are, are you crazy? Which wouldn't have been like, you don't want to say that to God. You know what I'm saying? So that wouldn't have been good. But he said, I can't baptize you. I can't wash you. I'm, I'm a sinner. You are sinless. I'm a sinner. I'm not worthy to even lace your sandals. Who am I? And Jesus said, no. It's necessary. Because I want people to know that I'm identifying, I'm affirming, I'm confirming your message. I'm here as the Son of God to say everything that you've said is absolutely true. And I'm the guy. So, John says, this is the Lamb of God. This is the Lamb of God who's come to take away the sin of the world. And that's how baptism got launched. The first public baptism. You understand what I'm saying? Remember, the Old Testament, it was private, right? It was a private thing they did in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, he said, I want it to change. I want it to be different. So John was the first public baptizer. And then when Jesus left the earth, right before he left, this is what he said. He looked at his disciples. Remember the Great Commission. And he said, I just want you to go out there. I want you to tell everybody everything that I've taught you. And when these people, when they see your life, and they say, you know what, I don't, I don't know if I understand it all, but I'm telling you, I know my way's not working. I'm not fulfilled here. I don't have joy here. This, there's, I don't have any peace here. And so I want, I want to become a follower of Jesus. He said, you know what, it, it's cool that they make a private decision, but it's got to be more than that. It's got to be more than that. I want them to go public. I want you to baptize them. I want them to publicly tell the world that they are now associating themselves with, that they are now aligning themselves with, that they're taking on this brand new identity that they're one of my followers. And I, I got this line, this, this next line, it was, it was amazing. I, I had a, a young lady who, who texted me a few weeks ago, and, and she asked me, so would you, would you, Dad, would you, would you be willing to baptize me and my friend? And, 
here's what she said. We talked about it. She said, I want the world, I think it's time the world knows who I belong to. And I went, oh my gosh, that's it. See, that's what baptism is. Baptism is, is when you're just, you're saying that I made this decision privately. I made it privately. And, and God respects that decision privately. And when I repented of my sin and I said, forgive me, he forgave me. In that moment, in that prayer, he forgave me. But now it's time for the rest of the world to know who I belong to. So maybe you're a follower of Jesus, but you've just never been baptized. And today's your day. And, and you know what? As adults, we're just weird. We, we so care what other people think, don't we? And so I've, I've talked to adults over the years, and they said, well, you know, they try to walk me through the whole process. They said, well, you know, maybe I was eight years old, and I went to vacation Bible school, and I went down, all my friends went down. And, and so then, the, you know, I, don't, I didn't really know what the pastor was talking about, and and, but then I followed through and I was baptized. And I surely have no clue to what baptism is. They never explained it to me. I don't have any idea what baptism is. But somewhere after that, you know, I, I know that I genuinely had a salvation experience. You know, I know I did that. But, like, I, I don't have to be rebaptized, right? And so my question is always the same. Well, well, the first time, were you publicly declaring? Were you identifying yourself as a follower of Jesus? And see, the answer is always the same. Well, I, I didn't know what I was doing. And then we're afraid, what, you know, well, what will people say? Well, you know, we'll say, well, how many, how many times has he been baptized? He's been baptized five times. And so, you know what? Here's my reply to that. Why do you care? At the end of the day, it's the only thing that matters is there is a person who's willing to tell the world, I want you to know I'm not perfect. But I've experienced the grace of God. It's awesome. And he loves me. It's crazy. He gave his life for me. So when these people are in this baptistry, in this tub, it looks more like a coffin, right? <laughs> and I told you the word means to drown. Anyway, so when these people are in this tub, here's what they're telling you. I believe that Jesus lived. I believe they died. I believe that he was buried. And I believe that he was raised from the dead. I believe that. But it's more than that. It's more than that. It's more than just believing the right stuff. See, it's, it's saying, and I want the world to know. It's just time the world knows who I belong to. It's time. So maybe you're here this morning and, and you're a follower of Jesus. You prayed the prayer. Your salvation, man, it's solid. And do you get to go to heaven even if you haven't been baptized? Yep. You know how I know that? Because the dying thief on the cross, they didn't take the dying thief off the cross. Like he didn't wiggle a finger. He couldn't like raise his hand. It was nailed to the cross. He couldn't wiggle his finger and say, Could you, hey, y'all got to come. Like take these nails out of me. Take me to the Jordan, baptize me. And then you can put me back up here. And what did Jesus say? He said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Is he essential to salvation? No, it's not. But why in the world would you not want the world to know? Why would you, why would you not? If you love him, 
you understand the love that he has for you. I want you to know we're ready for you. We're ready for you. We have everything that you can think of. We try to be as sensitive as we know how to be to every race, every creed. We try to make sure that we have a change of clothes and we have towels and we have shower caps and anything and everything you could possibly need. We're thinking of you because we don't want there to be a reason for you to back away from making a very public declaration of your faith. So we're ready for you. There'll be a team down front. Just a few minutes. There'll be a team down front. and They'll be ready for you. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not a follower of Jesus. And somehow because God is just God. Because He loves you so much. Because He's crazy about you. Somehow this morning... He just reached out, and we're talking about baptism, and he just, he just started drawing you to himself. And he said, this, this is a personal thing. I love you. I'm crazy about you. And I did what I did because I want a relationship with, with a broken person just like you. And just so you know, I know you tried to be better, do better, but you can't. And I want you, I took care of that. That was, that was the cross. And so Jesus, is, he's looking at you this morning. Here's what he's telling you. He said, listen, I just want you to know that on the cross, I paid the price for your sin." I paid it all. All your past, all your present, all your future sin. I want you to know it's all taken care of on the cross. And on the third day, he was raised from the dead. He's alive. What you feel right now is not music behind me. It's not words of a pastor. What you feel, you're being confronted right now with the Holy Spirit of God. Is that not like, wow, God is speaking to you. So if you're not a follower of Jesus and you'd like to be, then maybe with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe, maybe you want to pray a prayer or something like this. Maybe you just say, Father, your love is, is too much for me to really be able to comprehend. But I accept it. I need it in my life. And so I'm asking you to the best of my ability to forgive me of all my sin. I'm just asking you to do that right now. And I'm telling you that I believe. And I know you're alive and I know you're well. I feel your presence. And I don't understand it all. I don't know everything that this means. But I know that from this day forward, I want to follow you. And I want to get as close to you as I possibly can. Heavenly Father, thank you for sweet moments like this where we come face to face with you. Lord, after all these years of doing what we do, with every fiber of my being, I believe that when people walk through the doors of this church, they're walking through some very desperate. They want to experience you. They want to feel your presence. They want to know that you're real. And right now, you are showing up in people's lives. Lord, for those people that just prayed that prayer, Lord, I pray that in just a moment, you'll give them the boldness 
to step out and come and to publicly declare the private decision that they just made a few minutes ago that they want to identify themselves as your followers. So we'll give this time to you, God, and ask that you work and do. Lord, we don't want to manipulate it and control it. We just want you to do what you do best and we'll thank you for what you do. It's in your sweet name that we pray. Amen.